Welcome to another episode of whatever we're calling this. The podcast of comparative literature and cultural studies at the University of Arkansas. Today, we invited Gracie Bain to talk about writing and ethical. Gracie is a PhD candidate in English at the University of Arkansas. Hello, Gracie. It's good to have you on the program. Hi, I'm super excited to be here and to talk with you again. Yeah. Um, so you're, um, we'll be talking about your publications today and about how one goes about publishing as a grad student. Um, I will begin with, uh, however, saying that, you know, you are known in the department as someone who's doing a non-traditional uh, dissertation and uh, still manages to or feels the need to uh, contribute to academia in the regular way, right? So my first question to you would be, um, what compels you uh, with a non-traditional uh, dissertation uh, to continue to participate in the academic activity of um, conferences and publications? Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, for anyone thinking about doing a non-traditional dissertation, I you know, unfortunately or fortunately, I guess, I think it depends on your viewpoint. I still think it's important to prove that you can publish um, in an academic, in a stereotype, not a stereotype, in a traditionally academic format, right? Because I still think, you know, doing a non-traditional dissertation is still academic. Um, but I think that proving that you can kind of still go through the motions of, of what's been, you know, considered academic for however long that you know the gatekeeping has been up um but i do think it's i so i think it's important to to prove that you can still do that and kind of function in both spaces um so honestly the reason that i that i wanted to publish in an academic journal was to keep myself marketable to those people that see that i do a non-traditional traditional dissertation and have trouble seeing, well, how are you going to transition into an academic audience? Um, so, so I think the reason I still wanted to was selfish because I wanted to prove that I, that I still could. Um, and I do think, unfortunately, that that's probably still necessary at this point, if you're going to do a non-traditional dissertation to prove that you can still publish in an academic, traditionally academic format. Right. So, uh, so you're you're really talking about the demands of the academia, which are you know possibly slow to warm up to changes in uh, what students want to do yes. uh, these days. All right. So, um, what is it that you find most challenging about writing an article? And we'll just get to publishing in a little while. Ugh. I, so what I published it was um, a class paper that I had written during my master's program and then worked on it intermittently from, for like three years afterwards. And then finally, uh, which we can talk about this in a bit, but I, I it was rejected from one journal. Um, and then the journal that it was finally accepted to said that they would accept me, but with major revisions. Um, 
So I think the actual process of writing it, for for me, the the thing that I struggled with was probably not being attached to the original, if that makes sense. Um, letting it kind of adapt to the feedback that I was getting um, from, I was able to send it to my dissertation director and she gave me really useful feedback. I also got feedback from um, some of the journals. So I think not being too attached to what the original was, because to be honest, the process of writing it and turning it in for that class that I did and what it, the, the form that it's in now published, it's, it's very different from what it was in the beginning. So I think just not being discouraged after you get feedback to revise it um, and to be open to the, to the fact that you're going to grow as a scholar as you're writing it. Um, I think that would be the thing that I struggled with the most. All right. And uh, you mentioned these authorities that you turned to for feedback. Did you, um, in the process of writing, did you uh, consider taking uh, feedback from your peers mm -hmm. or discussing it with them? Or Yeah, that's, that's always tricky, right? Like to, because obviously the graduate students should build a community that you want to be also careful of, of not asking anyone to do too much unpaid labor. Um, so I, I felt like I was really aware of, I think my friends uh, read parts of it, probably. I don't think I ever gave the full, you know, 30 pages to any of my peers to, to give me feedback on. I think they would have done it if I'd asked them. I just, I, felt kind of odd about that. Um, but what was useful and kind of, at least on the peer level, is that I did take it to the writing center. Um, and I specifically went to graduate students mm -hmm. at the writing center. Um, I'm sure that the undergrads would have been very helpful as well. But, uh, you know, graduate writing is just kind of different than than undergraduate writing. Um, and so I knew that they were getting paid to sit there and help me. Um, and luckily I'm friends with a lot of the writing center tutors. So it was more like I was going to my friend. Um, but uh, I, think the, I think the writing center is really, really useful. I also have been a part of several writing groups, um, which has been unbelievably beneficial. So once a week on like a Friday, we'll get together for an hour um, and talk about what writing we did and what our goals are for next week. So it's less of someone reading my work and giving me feedback on it and more of an accountability partner, um, people that are going through similar things. Uh, so I did, yeah, so I got some feedback from my peers. I really utilized the writing center though. That was super useful. Right, right. So the reason that I asked you this was uh, that, uh, that publication and writing with PhD is, uh, is an important thing that all of us do. And I would like our audiences to know that it need not be a very lonely process and uh, that we, we can actually, you know, refer to uh, other people and friends and peers and seniors, et cetera. All right, so um, how, did you, how did you select a journal to send your work to or, and did you send multiple uh, did you target multiple journals? So I, I actually, I asked, um, I asked my mentor, my dissertation director, um, what journal she, cause she, it, it's funny. Cause I, uh, 
because uh, my dissertation director is Dr. Lizette Suiki. And so the, the article that I got published was written for one of her classes when I was in my master's program. Um, and so she was familiar with the topic of it and had read a version of it before. And I asked her um, where she thought would be the most useful. And then I asked one of my friends that have that we have very similar um, academic like interests. We research a lot of the same things. So I, I really asked people. Uh, I did do research um, to be completely honest with you. And I think this is important to talk about. I was just full on rejected from the first one. Um, it wasn't a come back to us with revisions. It was no, no, thank you. Um, but to be honest, that rejection kind of made me feel like, oh, wow, this actually isn't a big deal. Like just send it off and get rejections and it's fine and you'll keep revising it and it'll get better. Um, but uh, so I, I asked people and I did do some of my own research, but to be honest, both of the journals that I, the one that I got rejected from and the one that it was accepted with revisions, they were both journals that someone else had told me would be useful. So I think asking people that are in similar fields as you are would be like the best way to go. Gracie, uh, you have been mentioned a lot uh, uh, rejection. So I, I was wondering how do you deal like personally, how do you motivate yourself with that part? The reason that I am asking is that when, when I started my PhD uh, program, I sent, um, uh, I was working on a book review. And I remember that that my advisor uh, just mentioned uh, briefly, Guillermo, this is not personal. And I was like, wow, why is it not personal? And then when I opened the comments, I, I felt like he was like shooting at me like, oh, everything. Oh, oh. And then after that, I was like, oh, now I understand. It is not about me. It's, it's not that how, how, how valuable I am as a person and as a scholar. It's a process that I have to learn. But this is something that people and students do not see is that they do not want to be rejected. Uh, they are afraid of making mistakes. So uh, how do you deal and what kind of suggestions and tips you can offer to graduate students who, who are kind of hesitant to, to publish or, or write down something because they are afraid of, of that rejection, which you learn in the process as well, of course. Yeah, I think the first thing I'll say is to also think about the system is set up to make you connect your writing with your personhood, right? Um, and, 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 you know, that's a whole different conversation about whether or not that's, that's ethical to encourage graduate students to, to spend so much of their lives doing what we do. Um, and so I think, you know, realizing that, that the system is kind of designed that way, but I can say that, but it also just sucks to be, <laughs> like it just sucks right like it sucks um because writing is a very personal thing um and we connect our like you said our intelligence to our writing um and so you know i can sit there and say well it's because the system is designed the way but no it's, it just full-on sucks uh so i think understanding that um the other thing that I don't know that I'm really a great person to ask just because I unfortunately tend to take things very personally, like just to be completely blatantly honest. Um, 
I tend, and that's something that I'm working on, right? Uh, and I think that's really important for graduate students to work on their own mental health as they're going through this process. Um, and so I did realize though, once I got that first rejection, it was easier to get another one because it kind of took the fear of rejection away. It was, oh, well, I, I did get rejected and I'm still here, right? And also something to think about too, is that if you get rejected from one journal, keep going to different journals. Like someone wants what you're writing. Um, yes, you're going to have to go through, you know, massive, not massive maybe, but a long revision process, but someone, this, this article fits somewhere. Um, and so I think I'm not really giving you a straight answer because I'm still trying to figure it out myself. Um, but also just understanding that you are a human being and that um, the academy does not decide your worth uh, and um, that you are going to be told no to, uh, but it gets less scary the more people don't want you. So, so then to summarize, we might say that publishing an article is like dating. You just have to keep keep pushing and keep trying and dancing, maybe possible, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Isidoro, do, do, do you have a question for Gracie, right? Yes. Okay. So uh, I was, I mean, I remember when uh, you published the article because it was on the news. And I think you did it during the, the first year of GPT. So that probably kind of take away so much pressure, like starting the PhD with in your in your very first year with an article published is probably gonna lead you to do like have more freedom and kind of take away from your soldier. What what do you think? I yeah, I do think because I what so I think I did actually I just published this last year, but before my first year with the PhD program, I um, published on an academic blog, uh, which I think that took away a lot of the fear too, was to try and get yourself like low stakes, right? So something like an academic blog, something like a book review, like these are still high stakes, obviously, but like they're, they're a little bit lower stakes than, than, than your own article. Um, and I do think that it's useful to start early. Um, the thing, I mean, the thing it, what I published was uh, called, I don't know if I can say the title on the, or yeah, I'm going to, it's called Franken Bitches. Um, and I don't do any more work with Frankenstein. Um, like that's not my area of of interest that's not I mean I, it was about gender and I'm still very much a gender scholar um but I'm probably not going to publish anything else on Frankenstein and so I think it was a little bit easy easier for me to take rejection because it was not my dissertation project um I think it would be I think it'd be different maybe different feelings if it was about Jack the Ripper um but I do think it's important to start early and I think low stakes is a good way to kind of get yourself in there and just to feel the vibe out kind of thing. So, um, so like as Dora said, starting maybe in the first year would be a good idea. Um, yeah, so uh, would you advise, um, you know, going via a conference to the article? 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm trying to think. I did present mine. Actually, I presented because I that's the thing too, is that I I feel like mine maybe process is a little bit different just because it was such an old essay that I've had for a long time that I have adapted um into like a project for multiple classes too. Um and so I did I do I did present on it at a conference. I think I think conferences are really useful to get feedback. Um, and I think conference papers are a really, really good place to start. Um, especially if you haven't started writing your dissertation yet, like all you have are conference papers and kind of class papers. Um, and so I, yeah, I absolutely think that conferences are a good place to start. And I do think that your classes are a good place to start too, because you're already doing work, you're already producing work. Um, and so why not use what you've already done instead of starting over completely, if that makes sense. It, it certainly does make sense. And uh, so um, as far as the publication is concerned, uh, could you also share with us the, the feeling of getting accepted? Um, <laughs> this is kind of embarrassing, but um, I may or may not have like, this honestly, this just shows you more about my personality too. Um, I may or may not have like run around my house just in you know for like 10 minutes just to work off the adrenaline um the the thing also too is where I published in literature film quarterly is they are so kind um and I think that made the process much much easier too is because they were very encouraging um you know when I was accepted but with major revisions they were still like they you know, it was still very much congratulations, like this is great. Um, yes, you have to do more work on it, but like we want to see it again. And so when I finally was accepted, I did run around my house a little bit, like a dog that has the zoomies to like burn off energy. Um, it felt really good, but it also I also kind of had to think to myself, like, okay, if this had been another no, I still I'm a good scholar. Like I still, like I, I was trying to be very careful about kind of separating that. Um, but I did absolutely run around the house. Um, and then maybe, uh, like have a margarita or so. I don't know if, you, if I can say that you might have to edit that out of the podcast, but it did feel very good. So. Okay. We want to edit that. This is a, 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 like yes, a safe space so uh, i have one question well more than a question is like a it's like I, I really appreciate like you are conscious when you are looking for a peer review in in the in your professors like you are conscious of if this professor is tenure or not and kind of like uh you mentioned uh the the non-paid hours and as a TA and people always like coming to ask you and doing so much extra work out of class. And I'm very glad you are conscious of, of that. So thank you, Gracie. I think I think you have to be. Um, none of us get paid enough and we're all doing unpaid labor constantly. Uh, and that I don't think is a controversial statement to anyway, it shouldn't be because that's just the reality of being graduate students. Um, and especially like as international graduate students, like y'all have 
so much more like restrictions and unpaid labor that you're doing. Um, and so I, I do think that's important to always be conscious of that. So. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, thank you for a very, very candid talk, uh, Gracie. Not many, yeah, not many have the courage, but it was really, and I think it's going to be really helpful uh, for our listeners uh, to uh, to see that it is uh, it is a taxing process to publish, uh, and also to know that one can survive it and still get candidacy and be a PhD scholar and a non-traditional PhD dissertation on that. So thank you so much. It was lovely having you here. Thank you, Gilmo and Isidoro. And we will conclude now. Bye-bye. Well, it looks like the episode is over. Thank you to the Program of Comparative Literature. Thank you to Gracie for accepting the invitation one more time. And I hope you join us next time in another episode of whatever we're calling this. Nos vemos. <laughs>